Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you're about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. We're going to keep reading this. So verse 2 says that five of them were foolish and five were wise. Verse 3, for when the foolish took their lamps, they did not take any extra oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil along with their lamps. Now while the broom was, groom was delayed, they all began to nod off and fall asleep. But at midnight, there's something about midnight, right? It's kind of inconvenient. <laughs> We're not going to look at that. I just, I just noticed it. But at midnight, there was a shout. Look, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins got up and put their own lamps in order, trimmed them, and got them lit to be ready to go. Verse 8, but the foolish virgin said to the wise, give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, no, otherwise there will not be enough for us and for you too. Go instead to the dealers and buy oil for yourself. But while they were going away to buy oil, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding feast, and the door was shut and locked. Later, the others also came and said, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he replied, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, I do not know you. We have no relationship. Last verse, therefore... Be on the alert, be prepared and ready, for you do not know the day nor the hour when the Son of Man will come. You see, Jesus teaches us about the importance of preparation, being prepared within this parable. We see five wise and five unwise virgins. So in a way, this parable shows us a lesson of this particular value of preparedness, over planning, not over planning, preparedness, over planning. Now, has anyone ever prepared for a trip? Raise your hands, trip, buying a house, buying a car. Okay, something simpler, going grocery shopping. Has anyone ever planned for these things? How many of you have come to find out that you truly weren't prepared to go to the grocery store? <laughs> you forgot your bags, you forgot your list, you forgot what exactly you were going there for. And then you end up buying everything because you're just hungry and now you're there. Amen? Can I get an amen? Okay, I'm glad I'm not alone in that one. The wise bridesmaids get to go into this party because they are what? Prepared. They have the needed oil. Now the others had a plan. Let's go get oil. Now, I don't know what shops would be open to go buy oil at midnight. <laughs> and by, there's no like 24-hour Walmart there. There's, no, there's nothing there at that time, 2,000 plus years ago, to go just get oil, right? I'm not crazy in thinking this. Like, so they had a plan to go buy some oil, but they missed out. They weren't prepared. It's kind of like having insurance. It's better to have it and not need it and then need it and not have it. They were not prepared for what they were going to. Now, you see, I can't imagine that this was the first ever bridegroom party 
that people were a part of, right? I can't imagine that this would be the first time these, these ten virgins were seeing something. It's a part of their culture. It's a part of something that they would have known regularly. And so they should have known there may be a delay. There may be something that could go awry at this party. Who's ever been late to a party? <laughs> Who's, oh, don't be, so, don't be so modest. Everyone in here has been late to something. But you see, they should have known better. Knowing that this was a wedding feast, knowing that this was something that they were being a part of, they should have just known, but they didn't. They were unwise. You see, our biblical position within planning our future and preparing for certain things right now involves two most important things. Now, if you're taking notes, I really encourage you to. It involves two things. Everyone say prayer and preparation. Just like what Jake was saying, we've been constant to say we're going to be praying, we're going to be fasting. Why? Because there's a reason for it. There's a reason for prayer. It prepares you for something. It sets you to be ready for something that may come, that may happen. Now this reigns true whether we are talking about our personal life, our church, or even the second coming of Jesus. Because this is what this parable is truly teaching about. But there's things in there that you have to be prepared for as a child of God. As someone who is seeking the face of God, you have to be prepared. Now, this is more than just prediction. This is more than just planning. This is more than just another task or to-do list. This reigns true right now that what we are talking about is for now. In your life right now. Because you see, there's a big difference being shown here between planning, making goals, and having lists. Those are great things to have. I agree with them. I am a list taker. I'm a note taker. I like ticking off things. And Yep, I did this. Yes, I did this. I like seeing that completed task. It's great. I even have like a little bing to say, yep, it's done. I love it. But you see, there is a difference, and we're going to look at that today. Because I truly believe that the Holy Spirit is impressing on this house, this word prepare, this word preparation. It means the action or process of preparing or being prepared for use or consideration. That's what being prepared means. Now I have a really good example and I truly believe the Holy Spirit led this example to me because it just really reigns true. <laughs> Have you ever noticed surfers? A true surfer who loves to surf will basically do anything and everything else in life that they have to do just so that they can get back into the water. You will see them wax their boards regularly, monitor the weather, monitor the waves, go looking outside to see the tides. They'll probably have their cars packed and ready to go. They probably work just so that they can pay for a new board. Because that's their true desire is to just go back out there and ride that wave. You see, but there's one thing the surfers do not prepare for. Is that they don't plan for the waves. They don't plan for the weather. 
It's out of their control. But they do everything physically possible to prepare for the day that they're going. You see, we can't plan every aspect of our future because some of, of the things that just happen to us, unfortunately, are just out of our control. Those freak accidents, those things that just trip you up and you're like, where did that come from? We can't plan for those things, but we can be prepared. I hope you're seeing these two differences here because it is very true in our spiritual readiness on the inside of us that we have to be prepared. We have to stay ready all of the time because Jesus is coming back. And will you be ready when the trumpet sounds? When you're ready to come, is that going to be that moment in your life? Are you ready? Are you prepared? Head over to Luke 21, and Jesus teaches us this. Luke 21, verse 34. It says, be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down and depressed or full of debauchery and the nausea of self-indulgence and the worldly worries of life. And then that day when the Messiah returns will not come to you suddenly like a trap. Now, sorry, I am reading the Amplified Version and that's where all these other words come into play. As we keep reading, it says, for it will come upon all those who live on the face of the earth, but keep alert at all times. Be attentive and ready, praying that you may have the strength and the ability to be found worthy and to escape all of these things that are going to take place and to stand in the presence of the Son of Man at his coming. I love what this says. At the very start of it, be on guard so that the things of this world don't weigh you down. Those things the enemy tries to entrap you with. Those things that the enemy tries to say you're not good enough. You're not rich enough. You're not smart enough. You're not, you're not pretty enough. Those things that try to make you depressed and feel as if you're not worthy of Jesus' coming. You are. I like what this says. And the nausea of self-indulgence and the worldly worries of life. We can get sometimes so entrapped within ourselves. I love what Pastor Chrissy says. She calls it nasal gazing. You just gaze at your navel saying, woe is me. And you're constantly looking at self, being filled with self-doubt, like, oh, man, look at me. But that's not what it says that we should be. We should be on guard so that these things, depression, nausea, worry, it's not, we're not caught off guard when God does call us. When God starts speaking to you and planning something for your life, it shouldn't catch us off guard but we should be ready. Proverbs 19.21 teaches us that many are the plans of the, mind, of the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Proverbs 16.9 says, a, man, a man's mind plans his ways as he journeys through life, 
But the Lord directs his steps and establishes them. Now, please don't get confused in this moment. It's okay to plan. It is okay to have a goal and, and future aspirations. That's okay. Because you know what it says? The Lord's purpose will stand. He will guide you and he will direct you. But are you prepared for those things? Are you ready if a wave comes crashing in? Are you prepared to see the difference if the enemy is trying to attack your mind? Because that's where the toughest battle is right here. Are you prepared to fight that? Are you prepared to stand on the word of God? See, this is a significant truth that we need to understand, that I need to understand, that we should spend more time seeking the face of God. We should be able to discern the purpose of the Lord for our life and for this church and for his kingdom. We should just get out of the way completely. Because I love what Jake was saying. It says that we have this new nature in Christ. And I'm not going to get too far off in that. But we have this new being, this, this new heavenly life that is given to us through Christ. And we have to get ourselves out of the way of that. We are new in him, so we have a new purpose in life. We have a new direction in life. We have a new look on life. And it's through the eyes of God and it's through his word that there's going to be these plans and purposes that go forth. But we're going to have to be prepared and ready. We have to stop trying to control and manipulate and devise all of these things and to use God's name in vain saying, oh, well, God told me. Are you sure? Because that doesn't confirm with his word. Are you sure? Are you prepared to answer that if God says, let's go? Matthew 6, But first and foremost, importantly, seek, aim at, and strive after his kingdom and his righteousness. Not Lanny's kingdom and not Lanny's righteousness. It says his kingdom. And I love what the Amplified Version says. It says, his way of doing and being right. <laughs> the attitude and character of God. Next verse says, and then all of these things will be added to you. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. And each day has its own troubles. Now you're probably thinking, well, you just told me that I can't plan for my future. You just told me that I should be prepared, but how do I plan if I don't have to worry about tomorrow? You do. <laughs> you live for right now in God's kingdom today because you don't know the hour or the time when the Son of Man is returning. So you prepare yourself. And if we get to tomorrow, tomorrow has its own troubles that you get to still stand and you get to still be ready because I'm not ready for the Son of Man to return just yet. I still have some family members that need Jesus. There's billions of people, so I shouldn't say billions, maybe millions of people out in the world right now that need Jesus before he comes back. And I'd like to see them saved. I'd like to see those who are hurting and broken come into this house and find Jesus Christ before he's like, let's go. <laughs> I 
I would much rather see that. But we don't know the time. We don't know the hour. So it's on each and every one of us to stay prepared. I was thinking as I was, as I was preparing for this, I thought, wow, I'm really using the word prepare a lot. I should play a kid's church game so every time I say prepare, someone stands up and whoever's the first to stand up gets candy thrown at them. <laughs> no? No? Okay. Well, fine. You don't get candy. That's fine. Let's always be prepared for God's will and God's plans to be established in our life. I love what John, John the Baptist preaches and this is what he's most solemnly known for. Matthew 3, verse 1 to 3, it says, In those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of the one crying in the wilderness, Prepare. Candy, Julie, thank you. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Repent. Now, I'm not going to copy what someone was ministering on the other day, but she said something really powerful that repentance is so key to preparedness because if we continue to have a repentance heart, we're constantly seeking after the kingdom of God. We're constantly seeking after his face and knowing him above all else. We have this repentance heart saying, Father, forgive me. Father, help me. Help those who don't know you. I'm so sorry that there's evil in this world. I'm so sorry that people are trying to distort and manipulate our kids. I'm sorry. Having that repentance heart all the time because this is exactly what John was teaching at the very start repent he's preaching to prepare hearts for Jesus he was teaching them to turn away from sin to prepare their hearts so that they can hear Jesus's teachings so that Jesus can heal them because they have a prepared heart and so that Jesus can proclaim the kingdom of God of what he is teaching just like in Matthew 25, that the kingdom of God is at hand, and he, we now have this prepared heart to receive salvation. It comes with repentance. And then we get to keep preparing our hearts regularly, all of the time. It doesn't stop. I love that John the Baptist, he didn't say, plan the way of the Lord. He didn't say, he didn't say, we all have great ideas. Let's plan it. Let's plan it for him. Because how distorted would that look? I mean, the Jewish people thought they were getting this mighty warrior to take down the Roman Empire and to, to be this mighty soldier. But instead, he came as a baby. Complete opposite. Man, if people had their way, it'd look really different, wouldn't it? But it doesn't say plan the way of the Lord. It says... Prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare. It starts with our heart. Now you're probably wondering, Lainey, this is all wonderful. This is all great. How, like, my heart's ready. I want this. Well, what does it look like? What does a spiritually prepared heart look like? If you're taking notes, I have 
these great points that you can just remind yourself regularly. A spiritually prepared heart walks in repentance unto God. Walks in repentance unto God. It's a turning away from sin and being changed completely. When we repent and ask for forgiveness, it's like a whole 360 done in your life and you don't look back, you stay changed and you keep moving forward. A spiritually prepared heart is not caught off guard when unknowing comes. When the unknowing comes. It's not caught off guard. It is ever ready. It's not shocked when things happen. It is, all right, Lord, I'm ready. That's okay. I don't like this situation. I don't like this season, Lord, but you know what? I'm prepared. I'm not shaken. I'm not wavered. It's founded on Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith, our cornerstone. It is founded on the word of God. When we have the word of God deep in our hearts, we can't be shaken. When we just have this knowing of his word, it's not just this, this story in the back of our head. It's actually this knowing, this, I just know, I, I live it. It's my life. It's everything who I am. I can't be shaken off of this. I am saved. I'm not going to hell anymore. I have oneness with my heavenly father. You can't shake me off of that. I am loved by my heavenly father. He gave everything because he loved me. You can't shake me off of that. I'm healed in my body. Why? Because by the stripes of Jesus Christ, I am healed. You can't shake me off of that. Common cold, whatever sickness or disease is out there, you can't shake me off of that understanding because I know it. I have seen it. I have seen my family healed. I've seen Jake's family healed. I've seen complete strangers walk out of wheelchairs. You can't tell me that Jesus doesn't heal. A spiritually prepared heart is consistently stewarding a life after God's heart. Every day, 24-7, 365, you are stewarding what the word of God is in your life. Whatever you're studying on, whatever the Holy Spirit has impressed upon you, you steward it well. It seeks the face of God and is only wanting God and is only wanting to please God. A prepared heart is constantly being filled with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, lead and guide me. One of the reasons why Jesus had to die was so that the Holy Spirit could come to be with us. Jesus was one man. There's millions and millions of people. His Spirit is with each and every one of them. It's much better for us to have the Holy Spirit regularly guiding us, comforting us, teaching us. You see, this simple truth is this. God does the planning. We do the preparing. God does the leading, and we do the following. 
God provides and we trust. He's given us everything that we may have need of. Isn't it God that was speaking in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for your welfare and not to harm, to give you a future and a hope. But did you know that there's more to that scripture? I love that we memorized that one, but there's more to that. Verse 12 and 13 says, Then when you call upon me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. When you search for me, you will find me. If you seek me with your whole heart. Notice that God doesn't say, let me know when you're ready. Let me know when, you're, when your plan is set, when your tasks are done, so that I can bless you. That's not what this says. Because it's not about you anymore. It's not about you. It's about him. And what he's planned for you. And what he's purposed for you. All we have to do is trust. God knows the plans and we follow his lead and we stay spiritually prepared at all times. I got more notes. I can hear the piano now. Uh-oh. We're going to keep going. We're going to always press forward, Lord. You see, the unwise virgins teach us something. That on the outside, they looked ready. They had the proper wear, the proper gear, their torches. They looked like they were going to a party. But they were foolish, the word of God says. They were unwise. And what this defines it as, is it's as godless. Showing lack of respect or reverence. They were unprepared. As we read scriptures, it helps us to be led by God's word so that we can be prepared, so that we get it deep on the inside of us, and that we aren't changed by the things of this world. Ephesians 5, verse 15 to 18, it says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of time. Highlight that if you have a Bible. This is going to help you be wise. Making the best use of time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish. Understand what is the will of the Lord. Highlight that. Understand. We sometimes fall and fail or what Proverbs teaches us that we perish for a lack of knowledge. But we are to understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is a debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Underline that. These things will help you be wise, and you will not look foolish come the day when God calls. When our Heavenly Father says, hey, it's time. Seize every opportunity for the glory of Jesus. It's important to not just make the most of time, but to make the most of the limited time that we have here, church. We're not here for a long time. 
It may seem like a long time, but we're not. My son's already eight years old, and I feel like he was just born yesterday. Time is flying, and we have to stay prepared. Even Ephesians 6 says that when we put on the full armor of the Lord, it says that we should prepare our feet with the gospel and stand fighting against the enemy. Did you know that the most important things when you go to war or when you go mountain climbing is proper footwear? If you don't have the right footwear, you're not going to last very long. But we have to prepare our feet with the word of the Lord. Prepare them so that we can walk in it. If you're weak in an area, guess what you need to do? You need to prepare yourself. If you are unequipped with the full armor of God because you don't know the word and your feet aren't shod, ready to roll, you're not gonna march very long. Even John, sorry, 1 John chapter two, And please go look at these scriptures again, because I know the Holy Spirit is saying we need to be prepared. 1 John 2, verse 16 to 17 says, For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride of life is not from the Father, but it's from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. You see, we aren't letting the things of this world change us, are we, church? It's fading. They don't matter. We don't lay up our treasures on this world. We lay up our treasures in heaven. And that's the same with our new life in Christ. You see, we can't be changed by outwardly things anymore. But it says to be changed on the inside. I love that that's how the word of God works. Is that we're not changed outwardly. We're changed inwardly. So that it then projects out of us outwardly. We love because God loved us. And that has changed us on the inside to where we can walk in love towards one another. And it looks completely different. But see, we must always be prepared. As Paul writes in 2 Timothy verse four, chapter 4, verse 2 to 3, preach the word of God. Be ready to do it, whether it's convenient or inconvenient. Be ready, always. You should have a, a scripture, a verse, just like what Simon and I were talking about earlier. You should have your testimony ready to roll, whether it's convenient or inconvenient. Correct, confront, encourage with patience and instruction. Because people will not endure sound doctrine. They will have itching ears to suit whatever their passions are. You have to be prepared with the truth of God's word. You have to be prepared to know it, to say it out loud, to live it out loud. You see, the foolish virgins were unprepared because they lacked the key thing for their lamps, which was oil. And in many biblical passages, oil represents the Holy Spirit. And these are awesome representations of how oil is so important in our life. 
Oil lubricates when used for that purpose. There is little friction, wear and tear among those who are lubricated by the Spirit of God. Oil heals. It was used for medical treatment back in those times. And the Spirit of God will heal and restore you. Oil lights when it's burned in a lamp. So where the Spirit of God is, there is light. If you're feeling dark, if you're feeling as if you're wearing and tearing today, do you have the Holy Spirit? Do you have that oil on you? Oil invigorates us when used as massage. The Holy Spirit will invigorate our lives. It gives us strength and energy for his service. Oil adorns when applied as a perfume. The Holy Spirit adorns us and makes us more pleasant to be around. It's so true. And oil even polishes us. Just like as it shines metal, the Holy Spirit will wipe and polish away our grim and smooth out our rough edges. This is important, church. You see, because the bridesmaids got shut out because of their irresponsibleness to just simply be prepared. Their problem wasn't that they were just sleeping. Because even the wise virgins did that as well. But what this is teaching us is to be watchful. It means to be ready at all times, whether we are awake or asleep. We trust in God that we have peace and not fear in our life. We're not afraid of the second coming of Christ. That shouldn't put fear in you. That should put faith in you. That should stir you up a little bit to know, all right, I gotta do something then. God, what do you want? How do I help these people? How do I prepare myself? Even though it may not be tomorrow, it may not be in 20 years, how do we faithfully plan and prepare and be ready for this moment? It's keeping God's word in our heart. There's a point being made here as Jesus is teaching his disciples about these 10 virgins. Is that we cannot predict and just fluff around life anymore. You got to be ready, church. You got to be prepared at all costs. The point of this parable is simple. It's to be ready because the price of failing is far too high. We cannot risk it anymore. We cannot be lax in this idea anymore that, yep, I'm saved, I'm a Christian, and I'm going to do whatever I want now. Yep, I'm awesome, I've been set free, God's healed me, yep, sure, whatever. And you keep just going about your mundane life. That's not the point here. The point is to stay prepared and ready Always, not getting lazy, not conforming to this world and our habitual patterns that we may have. It is constantly being in the word of God and ready. As followers of Jesus, we are to be like the wise bridesmaids, amen, 
who are ready at any time to respond to that call of their groom, who is saying, come, I'm ready. How prepared are you today, church? Because you know the only thing that divided these two women was this crisis of needing oil. When crisis comes, we're going to see a great divide in people who are ready and who are not ready. I sure hope that that crisis doesn't define you as this unprepared believer. I sure hope it defines you as being ready to enter in, ready at all costs. Because I know we've said this before, but it's going to cost you something. Being ready, being prepared. It's gonna cost you maybe some friendships, some family members. But that's okay. You're going to be living your life for Christ. That's okay. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.